0: Welcome to the founder's foyer with me, Ashwarya. This foyer is full of conversations. a space where creators, founders, and builders look for all the supports and concepts to grow their ideas into products. With a new year setting in, most of us want to plan out our goals, look forward to a high performance, and get ready to do our best form of work by either creating or shipping something live. As much as all the enthusiasm is intact, we're sure that we'd move past some challenges, especially with recession-making, doing the right impactful activities and dealing with a lot of confusions and uncertainties. As founders and builders, channelizing our thoughts and plans become very important here because it's what leads us to looking to achieve what we really want to. Let's say hello to Dr. Julie Garner, who's all set to help us navigate our decisions, take a balanced mindset and stay true to our goals. She's a doctor, of psychology and executive performance coach with nearly a decade of experience working with some of the world's top tech and finance executives and teams. And she's somebody that I personally look up to and have been following her on Twitter for a long time now. Hi, Julie, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be
0: here today. Awesome, let's just get started. So, you know, from getting a doctorate in psychology to being a product advisor and executive performance coach now in tech, how did you find your niche and like, what made you choose tech?
1: That's a really interesting question. You know, when I first started out in my education, technology wasn't as you know big as it is today. It wasn't something that people pursued quite as much. Uh, but like everyone else, and especially those in tech, I like things that move fast and have great impact. Uh, and so, you know, psychology, as pursued traditionally, uh, is fairly. You know, you go into academics, you go into practice, you work in various settings. Um, and so, you know, from a psychology angle, I was asked to advise on you know, products and things like this around cognitive mm-hmm. load, around some of the more technical aspects in psychology. And while I was doing that for a particular product, one of the venture, capital, uh, venture capitalists who worked for a firm that was uh, funding it had some challenges with a portfolio company founder. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he had received a very large round of funding and then began to become paralyzed in making decisions. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I genuinely do not know anyone else in psychology. Can you just speak with this person? So I went and spoke with this person. The problem was very clear to me. It was a few meetings from that point. He got back on track and it just mm. felt so natural. It it felt like I was able to use these talents and, and understanding how humans function, um, and, and be able to bring it to individuals who are high performing, healthy people who, you know, sometimes have periods of being stuck and mm-hmm. also have periods where, you know, maybe they're not operating at their best. So, you know, having this a uh, brief period of kind of doing work with this one person really kicked off an entirely new area of my career. From that point forward, I began to take on just kind of smaller clients at first and then, you know, kind of scaling up and that's really my entrance into the world. I became utterly addicted, but I think that's probably how many people get into tech. So um, <laughs> and in that way, it's probably not an unusual story.
0: Absolutely. And you are right about um, how amusing it is for each of us to get into tech with a unique kind of a story. And uh, what oh, I really yeah. like about it in your case is how it kind of opened up a path that um, is very new to your, yourself when you first discovered or rather chanced upon it. And often yeah. psychology has this um, phase where people just look at it more from the clinical or the medical uh, sciences part of it, where it, it's never looked beyond that. And, and, and often it's only now that people are starting to talk about um, coaching and not and of uh, this mentoring and leadership coaching for uh, people in tech. So I'm glad that you got to do it um, even before it was a thing. Like even before it was really brought into a very corporate-y culture. But you know you kind of discovered that you could you could help founders and uh, especially with cognitive skills like the session making, which uh, you know I'm, I'm like looking forward to discuss with you more on the show now.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I think is is really interesting is that people have boxed psychology into this area where it's only going from making people who are ill to making them well. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that there is uh, you know, there is so much research out there about how humans function best, how we perform best, and mm-hmm. that we can really use to get those individuals who are operating very well, who are very healthy. And just make these small adjustments that help them operate in a space that is far beyond kind of how they even think about themselves you know we all are imperfect creatures so you know we may do things that sometimes like hold ourselves back and so it's really my job most of the time not to fix particular problems but to realize where people are holding themselves back one of the things i realize with founders is if if i speak with them whether it's a, a new founder or somebody who's doing incredibly well is that each and every person, if you ask them, knows deep down that they could be performing better. They could be more than where they're at right now. And so my job for a lot of these individuals is to really get them to that point. And you know, if, if they already knew how to do that, they would be there. So they trust me. I think with that, to even somebody who's running a company who you know are, are hundreds of millions mm. of dollars you know, they know that they could be more than where they're at. Uh, If they can build a company that's a few hundred million dollars, they can build a billion dollar company, right? So everybody understands that they have this potential inside them. And I think a lot of people just are not really aware of how to tap it.
0: Yeah. They've like already taken the first step in terms of kick-starting something and they just need that push and in terms of like letting themselves not be in their own way I guess like how you put yeah, it yeah that's so, perfect
1: perfect uh yeah. wonderful way to put it
0: yeah yeah so just like you said just you know giving them a push and getting getting to the fundamental ways of how they think and how how they can act in a certain way to to get to their part. so yeah that that really makes sense and um yeah, I think talking to you know um, founders is is one line of But I know that you started your early career. You used to work with uh, mental health units and uh, a protective custody space at a max security prison. So for me, when I knew about that, I was like, oh wow! Like, what kind of a pattern would would, would it be to you know work with uh, folks over there? And you think still applies to uh, a lot of us working in tech. Like, how similar or different? Do you see these patterns and like when you look just back at what you've done
1: that that is such an interesting question i think that some of the some of the things that i've discovered is you have to be able to sit in a room with anyone right Mm. and you know that people who are founders operate at the extremes In, in that way you know we are you know people who are founders are outliers And outliers can be of various sorts, right? People who don't fit the mold Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Um, And so being able to sit in a room with anyone, to have these conversations, to understand, I think, extremes in personality, extremes in drive, extremes Mm. in how they function and operate. I think that if you're looking for someone uh, who fits kind of a normal mold? Founders tend not to do that, right? I mean, they they yeah. work insane hours. They have obsessions about the products and things that they build. They um, and you have to understand that there's a normal range there, right? I mean, if you talk to sometimes people, they talk with their parents and they say, you know, I'm spending sixteen hours a day on this, and it, it sounds uh, you know quite extreme. So being able to sit with anyone, being able to understand the extremes, and I think being all right, finding a space in those extremes for people to thrive um, is the, probably the overlap. But Mm -hmm. aside from that, I always hope that founders use their powers for good and not for evil, as we've seen some do, (laughs) right? I mean, uh, in the, in the media and in the press. Um, So those are the types of overlaps you don't want.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I think taking the good part more like in terms of, the extremism so that's that's sort of a very interesting concept to think about because uh let me just put it um we are kind of obsessed in our own ways like we we want uh, things to happen in a certain form and often like as much as we think that founders are um people who can like if even for the matter even builders like folks who just take up a project even though they can navigate different paths, like they can try to experiment they can try to go and like learn from their failures Often we have our obsessions where like we, we just like get put out because you know we're just too so extreme there. We're like, oh, you no, know, things didn't work my way. So it's like my way or highway kind of a situation where you're like, yeah, yeah, it just didn't work. So like what am I supposed to do now? So uh, well, yeah, I think. And I think about it even in the
1: early journey, right? I mean, you have someone who could easily just go and work a, a traditional job. They could mm-hmm. go and earn a regular salary with regular income. And instead they decide to take a path which has a very small statistical rate of success, uh, and that along the way may be given tens of millions of dollars, I mean, it's an Mm. extreme path. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that because we're so in the ecosystem. And then you go and you talk to somebody who isn't in the startup world, and all of these things sound very extreme, you know? Mm. Uh, And so it's, you know, you ask people to take a bet on you oftentimes, you know, um, in the early stages of hiring and teams will be, you know, working together. I know of some teams that have lived together. So, you know, in the same apartment. So, I mean, there are things that, you know, make it seem very, very different from how the average person may start their path or their career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, bringing back one of the important points that you made about being able to sit with somebody in the room, like in, in most often cases, when uh, we work on something like whether it's it's something that we're building or something that we're thinking we are just often put alone with our thoughts so there's like a lot of times that you know we just talk to ourselves we just have to get comfortable about being with ourselves in in, in that room mm-hmm. or in, in any open space and still like just focus on ourselves like just look at uh, are we doing the right thing or like you know are we like just looking at doing something for the good or like for bad and there's like not of self-introspection going on. So um, that's like a very uh, uncanny observation, I would say in terms of, um, yeah, being alone with yourself, even though like you're just surrounded by a lot of people around, you still like just looking at yourself and your own thoughts and you playing around with it. Mm,
1: good point. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, now that we're talking about founders um, having to just like focus a lot on their own self and like how, how the way they think and all of that, most founders love to experiment and they like just think their paths or their ideas, especially when in early stage. So, uh, you know, this, this becomes like a good habit, but often when they see that something works out for them, like there's like a certain metric that's worked out for them or like there's a certain path that they think is working good for them. Uh, eventually it becomes, um, it, it just comes in their own path and hinders them, right? Like it becomes like an old pattern or a habit that's like very hard to break. So how do you consistently put growth and learning into focus if your tried and tested habits are going to be like in conjunction with where you want to grow towards?
1: Right. I'm a a really big fan of always kind of doubling down on your strengths. So if something is working, Mm -hmm. you ride that. I mean, you you should always be kind of like leaning into that and riding that. Um, But when you're, you're talking a little bit about old patterns and habits, I, I try to think about it as you know, founders need to be in a mental space of constant evolution, right? I mean, that when you we think about even uh, evolution of Darwin, right? It's not the strongest of the species or even the smartest that survive it's it's the most adaptable to change. So you always want to be the the animal that is, you know, two steps ahead in your own evolution. you mm-hmm. want to be the thing that is um, is kind of out front. I tell founders that if you look at where you are right now, especially in early stage, and then you look at where you're at in six months, those people should be different, right? You should have, I mean, your your company is at a different place. Your The responsibilities that you have are probably changing and shifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that you're taking on are a little bit different. The products are giving you different information. So, you know, you have to always be willing to be open and adaptable that in and of itself is sometimes very hard because founders yeah. are very, um, you know, they're very strong-willed, they're very strong personalities sometimes, even if they're quiet or they're uh, more extroverted. Still, they they have a specific way they want things to happen. And, and as you've said, you know, uh, the tendency to tinker and to kind of uh mess around with things in the early days you have to be cautious not to develop kind of a shiny object syndrome where you know you're mm-hmm. looking around and you see oh well maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should be doing that um but if you're able to just see your path is to be focused on the things that work focused on your vision of what you want to happen uh being mm-hmm. very very drilled down on the things that are working for you um you know, you really can pull off quite a bit. So I, that's kind of how I think about it. Always be a work in progress, mm-hmm. because as you go through the various stages of your company, you will need to be a different type of leader, and it will demand different things of you as you go on your path.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting to think about. And it's also like the version of you keeps changing with, with time, when right? You're just kind of like, over, like, you know, you look back at yourself and you're like, okay, yeah, I've just come past uh, this version of me. And then like, with the time that I'm in, this demands like more skills or like more kind of uh, traits that I have to outperform to just grow out yeah. of that old sense. So yeah, yeah, I think that tree makes sense. And I, I sort of agree with you there in in terms of doubling down on your strengths. Um, and like the whole, uh, uh, the reason that I asked the question is also because, you know, when you double down on your strengths, like when you forget the adaptability, adaptability part of it, then you kind of like, just keep doubling on your strengths, but you just don't have the new version of you to add on to, uh, whatever you double down on. So, yeah,
1: no, that's a, it's a great point. And I think too, you know, as you rise and you're, you're kind of putting energy into your strengths you your and your company grows, you're able mm. to kind of outsource some of your weaknesses to people who have them as strengths, right? So yes, you know, if you if you are not somebody who's particularly like a lot of times, this is a common pattern that I find is that founders are really good at starting things off, but they're often mm. not good finishers. So yeah. you know, taking it through the the entire pathway. So finding someone who is you know, that you can start something off on, have a great idea around, and then hand it off so that it gets implemented Mm to, you know, someone else who's going to take that and and really start to run with it. Um, That's a privilege you get as you grow, you know, more and more, but you may not have it at the beginning.
0: That's true. That's true. Like you often start something on your own, but um, like you said, it reminds me of how you bring in your inner circle of support system. And then you also like, I think most often I've seen it in my circles as well, where um, founders who just start their journey alone uh, tend to like eventually um, attract folks who are like-minded and and sort of meet your co-founders also on the same journey. And then there's like this whole balanced unit that's there to to build the product. So yeah, that really makes sense. Awesome. So um, one of the other things, Julie, that I want to ask you is um, when you work in tech, it's it's often a lot of competition, right? Like whether it's just like founders discovering there's something um, and somebody is building out there that's just so equivalent to what they're doing or whether it's mm-hmm. just competing with people, like not just products, but just competing with people and sort of having this constant new version of self being compared to another, let's say, a person who's just on the very similar path as them. So how do you deal with this kind of a competition? And like, since you work with a lot of clients across, what do you suggest in general when people come to you with, hey, I see this person, uh, same pack, same, uh, same set of traits, but I see them somewhere else. But whereas, you know, I am somewhere else. So how do I balance that out?
1: Yeah, I mean comparison they say it is the thief of joy. Uh it is also the thief of progress, right? So yeah. um when you focus on your competitors, I think that there is a healthy focus where you understand what they're doing, where their products are at and kind of mm-hmm. that area where you're looking at, you know, the brass tacks and kind of the bottom line of, you know, the the features that they're building, the, you know, the product that they have. After you know that information, that is the time to kind of stop focusing on anyone else but yourself. You want to make sure that you are really kind of putting on blinders, putting your head down and doing the work you need to do to make yourself uh, better, to kind of move your product forward, to move your company forward. Um, Founders who spend too much time looking around or or at their competition. It's easy to get very obsessed. What are they doing? What are they talking about? What are they doing on social media? You know, what are they speaking at? you know, it's, it's oftentimes it ends up distracting you more than it does help you. So knowing more about the competition, sometimes it can be a blessing and a curse. You want to know what they're up to, what they're doing, but yeah. you know, you don't want to hyper-focus on them. And it's, it's an easy thing to say. It's sometimes it's harder to do, but it's incredibly important if you want to push progress. So mm. that's, uh, I guess that's what I'd recommend is to make it very limited, get the information you need and kind of duck out of doing those types of things.
0: Right, yeah like do you generally suggest some um like let's say everyday practices in general, like let's say um you said like cut it down, so like do you have any general practices uh for founders, like do these, these things, or uh, you know follow this kind of a cycle, and like you can keep this at check?
1: I think about, uh, with, with respect to focusing on other people, I think, what is the, I always think about when I think about behaviors, I think like, what is the function, right? What is the Mm -hmm. purpose? Why are you paying attention to this person? If it's because, oh, I really love how they run their social media. Fine. Get analysis around how they run their social media. Get out. If it's about their product, then get the information you need about their product. Get out. So like, know the function of why you're focusing on them, because if you don't, that's where it gets very, um you know, kind of out of control. It can get mm-hmm. very um, vague and it becomes bigger than it needs to be. So when you find yourself functioning on or focusing on anyone else, ask yourself, what's the function? If there is no function, get away from that. So um, that's the, I, I think that that's where I would direct someone mm-hmm. and, and how I would ask them to function.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. And like, just as how you would sign the purpose of what you're building for, I think just taking a moment, to understand why do you think you're just like focusing on this person or this particular uh, thing that's out there, and, and what's what are you really deriving out of it? I think that's a good question to ask, even if, if you're not like too uh, focused on other people. I think it's a great question to ask about anything that you're interested in, like even mildly interested in, like just just take a minute back to say like, oh, you know what what of this interests me, and why why do I just like gravitate towards it? And yeah, that's that's, that's a, a great point. Question. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Cool. The next part of it is I love how you you know once tweeted about this, this quote and I kind of always go back to it whenever I think about um, other things that are very related to this concept, which is like you say you can't win the game that you're not willing to play. And often when I just think about showing up to certain circumstances, whether it's like or showing up to activities or like showing up to this like new idea that just comes to me I'm like you know do I have to start now do I have to start later I often go back to this line which is like you just can't win the game that you're not willing to play so what ways do you think someone should just get their sport up and ready to play especially when you have like a lot of challenges around it and you know founders as builders founders or like folks working in tech I may have certain set of steps that work out for me you might have some steps so in general how do you usually say somebody should just show up especially when you have a lot of challenges uh, with everyday cycles
1: i think that i mean this is about really focusing on uh, the outcomes that you want right if you want uh for example you started this podcast there's an outcome that I bet that you have in mind for this podcast, you know, whether it's reach or it's, you know, whatever it happens to be, I think it's fantastic, but that's why we engage in the things that we do. Like we spend time, even in our relationships, we, we spend time with our partner or our boyfriend or girlfriend or whomever, because we want to have a good quality relationship. We want a certain outcome from that. Um, so in, you know, in our companies, You know, there is no way to get a specific outcome if you're not putting yourself in in kind of the position to get it, to kind of finish out that quote, when you say you can't win the game that you aren't willing to play, realize that everyone wins the prizes of the games they do play. So if you are not doing anything, well, the outcomes aren't going to be great. If you end up putting yourself out there and just giving it a shot, that's when you have the ability and the possibility Of kind of winning that next prize. Like you put yourself out there and start a company. um, That's when you have the ability to actually get that maybe seed round of funding. Uh, You put yourself out there to actually try to develop that tool. That's when you have the potential of, you know, having a tool that is completely new in the marketplace, but you can never have that if you never start the venture, right? So that's kind of really the the kind of the basics of it is that, you know, and, and it even gets into company operations. So if you don't spend any time in strategy, don't expect mm-hmm. that you're going to have a great strategy forward. You know, if you want things to be successful, you have to look at where you're spending your time and what you're paying attention to. Uh, right. So if you're spending your time, you know, developing. A fantastic uh, you know, dialogue in a podca- podcast, then you're going to have a good dialogue. But if you just are like, "Well, I'm just going to show up and hopefully things go well," um, it may not go quite as well as you hope. And that is true in companies. It's true with your personal time. It's true mm-hmm. with your priorities. If you want anything to go well, you've got to give it time and attention. Um, otherwise, you know, you're not going to win those uh, the things that you think uh, or hope that you'll win
0: yeah yeah that really makes sense, and it's also about how much you're willing to like take that step forward especially when Good you point. like it's, it's, it's that, um, you know, people often quote exercises and examples. Like, yeah, you just have, uh, exercise is one of your goals, but if you're just not willing to wake up in the morning, not, not willing to take the first two steps, it's just not going to happen. Like you just have to sit and think about it. And, uh, it's just a thought. <laughs> and so yeah, like, I think like you just put through, um, all of these fall into a very similar uh, example of outcome. Like what are you really looking at and you just want to go there. You just have to be there. You just have to, be willing to show up. So uh, that's, I that's think a your
1: example, do. your example of exercise is perfect. I mean, a <laughs> lot of people say, oh, I wish I had X. I wish I could run a 5k or I wish I could, you know, have a, a certain body, but like yeah. if you, it's a great example of that. You can't win the game. You aren't willing to play because if you aren't willing to go to the gym, that body isn't happening. Um, so, yeah. so you, you do like, there are very concrete outcomes to the actions that we take. Uh, but it, it's a fantastic example. It's
0: Thank you. And the other similarity that I found with, um, you know, what you were just talking about is we, we say that it's kind of easy to give into things like just start something, but not really look through the progress, uh, just, just focus on uh, starting new things and like the new shiny object syndrome kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's also like, we have to show up, we have to start. So it's, it's a, mm-hmm. you know, like a very hard balance to know when to start and, and when not to start and like, just take a step back and say, okay, so if you're, I, I, I would commit to something that I start. So it's not just about showing up, but I think it's like how you put it, like being be just willing to show up and also like commit to it as you go towards your outcome. Because you can just start a lot of things and like just rooting back to what we said before. Uh just make all of those as shiny objects in Drome. Just not complete anything, but just have like multiple practices uh taking you like to nothing, to to no place. So, yeah. I, I
1: think to follow up on that, you know, realize that when you go out there and you have your wonderful ideas, I mean, Mm. a lot of people have great ideas. I mean, that's not you, that's not unique and that's not special, but what's special is bringing them into existence. And that takes Mm. consistency. It takes, you know, dedication. It takes commitment. Those are the things that make it special. If you ask anyone, even in your family, go home today and ask people questions and say, Hey, what are some great ideas you have? And they'll say, Oh, you know, I think it would be a great idea if we had flying cars, but are (laughs) are they making flying cars? That person is going to have an impact. Um, uh, so like there are a lot of, I mean, that's a ridiculous example, but you know, even, you know, the small things in our lives, everybody has ideas, but what will, what is the magic of founders is that the successful ones bring these things to life. And that requires yeah. a lot behind the scenes that people don't like to talk about.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I think I would also add on another point to this, which like when you brought this example, it it, it brought the story to my mind that, um, Especially with podcasts as an example, a lot of a lot of them would have this idea to let's say write something, and you you own a substack publication as well, so a lot of people just think about writing a newsletter or starting a podcast but they just right. get stuck in the nitty-gritty of okay which kind of a device should I use what kind of a mic should I buy or like you know what kind of a uh, a tool that I should have to grammar check everything that I write but that's <laughs> not often the optics over there right the, the, the whole thing is the outcome what kind of a value you want to bring to the table so often when people ask me like uh, if, and rather for this as well if I'm just going to like sit and think my device is not right or like my mic is not proper. I'm pretty sure that you just can't take that step forward. So uh, it's, it's just like how you said, put, put your outcome first and like whatever challenge it is, just just move past that and just put focus and outcome as, as your only goal to, you know, get forward.
1: Well, one of the things, I think that you're absolutely right, and the point that you make that I hope that people get from what you've just said is that we can, if you want to find an excuse, you will find one. Like, oh, my mic is improper. Or, oh, my, you know, I, this, I am not a great writer. You know, you can use, you will always find an excuse to back out yeah. of the things that are challenging to do. Um, but if you put yourself forward, you know, you, it's it's amazing how much you will refine and you will get better over time. You know, even with writing, as you mentioned uh, with Substack, you know, writing is something I love to do and it's something that I enjoy doing. You know, I don't know if I'm the best writer. Writing is not my primary talent, I don't think. But at the same time, you know, my goal is really that outcome is to convey, you know, information. And mm. if I can give founders a look, you know, at how the best founders in the world operate or how some of the best in their business operate, I don't think they care if I make a grammar mistake. Uh, so I think if they can take a, a takeaway from that, similar to you know conversations, it's uh, you can't worry too much about some of those details. And I think when we get focused on those details that mm-hmm. prevent us from moving forward, we prevent ourselves from some really amazing things in our future. So start now, start early, start yes. before you're ready. All of those things are correct, uh, even though yeah. they're said a thousand times
0: yeah speed to execution and like getting just started with that yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yes. yes i think that's more like a, a a goal for 2023 i would like put in saying that it's not just for us but anybody who is listening to this is more like speed and like just get started with this and like get your journey up and going and like figure things out on the way but just start and like focus on the long term and focus on how do you want to commit to it absolutely
1: and you know it takes it takes courage and because putting yourself out there means the possibility that no one is going to pay attention to it. No one is going to subscribe. Yeah. No one, but you know what? I, I can tell people a story and I don't think I've I've ever shared this. So it's it's funny, you know, when I was, um, you know, starting out in a while, ago, not that long ago, I don't think it may be like five years ago now, Um, I thought it would be a great idea to have uh, a Twitch stream where oh. I would have people come in and ask me questions and I would answer them. Um. You know, it did terribly. I'm I mean, I, I, over a year. I, I stuck with it, right? For a year, I would show up and you know, kind of do this thing, and um, and it just what I realized is wasn't my audience, wasn't the right place, wasn't mm. the right format. And you know what? You learn. Who cares? Uh, you know, you yeah. can have success in various areas. Uh, Jeff Bezos, for example, proposed the Fire Phone uh, in, in Amazon, right? <laughs> yes. It, it absolutely bombed. Didn't catch on. Uh, But no one cares. No one remembers. Uh, He found clearly he's found some success in his life um, and he's moved forward. So, you know, if you keep going, you will have things that don't work out, but Mm -hmm. you will also they will be overshadowed by the wonderful things that do. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to have things every now and again that, that don't work out. Every great person has that happen. And if it happens to you, you're joining some really big legends out there.
0: Yes, and yeah, that's like well said, and there's, there's so much um, in-depth, uh, you know, thought to take from there in terms of like just don't uh, just don't look at failures as as your last step, and like the Amazon example was spot on because um, there's like. The, the world doesn't remember you, right? And it's good if they remember, but it's also like just don't do it only for the world. Like, do it a lot for yourself as well. Just start because you good want to point. do it, not just because you know. Like like you said, like, I'm so amazed, and I'm, I'm glad that you continued it for about a year, and you, you just don't, you know, now worry the fact that oh yeah, I just I just didn't have audience, but you're glad that you did that. So I think that's the kind of spirit that often we should end up taking from uh, the stuff that we do is that like, you're glad because you did that. And even, even when nobody showed up, or even when nobody subscribed to, you're still okay with having spent time to do that. So that's like a great thought, I would say. So thank you so much for sharing that story, Jim.
1: No worries, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people start out having things that don't work and don't work for, sometimes just don't work for a long time. And then they work, mm-hmm. uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's very well known in entrepreneurial yep. circles. You know, he started off doing wine videos, and pairing it with candy and no one watched for years. Like, I mean, it was, he did literally for years, right? I mean, uh, and now, you know, he's an investor in Snapchat. He's had incredible success. Uh, I spoke with him for uh, my blog a, a while ago, but yeah. like, you know, an incredible guy doing incredible things mm-hmm. and was making YouTube videos that no one watched for quite some time. So everyone has to start somewhere. And don't expect that. I think sometimes we expect that we're going to do something and immediately (laughs) it will be this overnight hit. And that's just not how it happens, you know? it's never how it happens.
0: Definitely. And that's also like reminding me of um, Gary Tan. He was just talking about how he once used to uh, pick photos and videos for Y Combinator. He just used to show up. He just showed up to uh, volunteer and just take these photos. And, and now like just time pass and look at him now Now he's like uh, heading the Y Combinator and trying to like invest in a lot of young founders out there. So that yeah. like when just reading, out, reading that write up was giving me a lot of energy with just the words he put in because like that showed the power of showing up because he never had uh, that as like the, the long term intent. It was just like being willing to just go there and just help people out there and things sort of worked because he was there in the long game. He was just being there trying to update himself, just giving back and also learning a lot in a way. And like some of these examples, which is discussing about, I just hope a lot of them listening to it kind of get their energy out.
1: No, I completely agree. And it also follows up on what you'd said earlier about untraditional paths. I mean, hmm. talk about an untraditional path, uh, you know, getting, starting out taking photos and now a leading Y Combinator. That's huh? quite a path.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. meanwhile, amazing. also building his side projects. So I guess like a lot yeah. of things on the plate, but just trying to prioritize and, and work towards what really matters is doing. So I guess, yeah, that's like a, another clear example to show. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So we're talking about how founders can like hop onto a path that makes more sense in the long term and like uh, get them th- that energy and drive to go on. At the same time, I also want to just pick your brain on this concept about trusting the gutter. Because um, it's, it's easy when, like, I've seen founders who say that, you know what, like, I, I just go by data. For me, data is everything. And there's also, like, you know, a set of people who talk about intuition and, like, trying to say, uh, I'm not able to, like, put words to it, but it just comes to me. So just trusting the gut, however, when people talk about intuition, they just equate, like, often people equate it with irrational motives. Like, just trusting the gut means that you make quick decisions and you just don't have data to back you up. So, could you talk about how founders can actually maximize their potential by trusting their gut, and what it means to go by trusting the gut?
1: Interesting. Okay, so I, I think that this is a this is a great question, and you know, for me, when I think about trusting your gut, uh, there's a couple of things that come up for me. One is mm-hmm. that I, you know, if if somebody's listening to this right now, I want you to think about all the times that you were you didn't listen to your gut, but you were right you had a bad impression about someone you knew something was going to happen that didn't wasn't going to be good and you you knew it early but you didn't do anything right? right most of us have these examples that we can think of that we were like i knew that i knew that was true and you didn't do anything about it i want you now to think about all the times you had an instinct and it was wrong those times are very few for most people yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to think. So, you know, a lot of times when people think about the gut, they do think about it as irrational. Uh, For me, Mm. I often think about it as, you know, your gut is often a way of synthesizing information quickly. um, And that if you can close, you know, there's ways of making decisions so that they're not irrational. Mm. And by that, I mean, like, I always hope that people think about the decisions in terms, if they're going to move really fast, in terms of two things, reversibility and stakes. Like, if something is reversible, right? Like, how permanent or reversible is this decision? Uh, if it's like, hey, I want to try to build this new feature, that's not like the biggest deal. And the- it's it's very reversible. You know, it's not at the biggest deal. I also look at it in terms of stakes. So, like, how high or low stakes is it? So, mm. reversibility, stakes. If it's reversible and it's low stakes, move fast right? Mm -hmm. Um, That means that, you know, like it. you can change it if you need to. It's not going to have the biggest impact on the world. If it's not reversible or like a permanent decision and high stakes, Mm -hmm. you think about that, like getting married, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's a that's a pretty permanent decision and yeah. very high stakes with very high uh, kind of back end. So, like you think about that, you know, just use your gut and go. Oh, I met this person; they're wonderful. Let's get married. Um, and maybe that works out for some in reality TV, but in uh, in the real <laughs> world, it's probably not a great idea. Yeah. And even in reality TV, I'm not sure how well it works. Um, so, with things like uh, trusting your gut, I tell people to try as hard as they can to move quickly in things that are. Reversible Mm -hmm. and low stakes, because second guessing and hesitancy does two things. One is that it makes you move slower, but Mm. two, the more hesitant you become, the more you lose confidence. Mm. And people don't think about that. Like if you start, if you thought about doing something and you didn't do it last year, and well, you kept thinking about it, but you didn't do it, and now you're looking at other people, as you've talked about. You know, we look at others and they've done it and they're doing really well and oh, now I don't really want to start it because they're doing really great. Yeah. Is there even space from. The more hesitant you are, it's not only hurting your own progress, but it's hurting your own mindset because you start mm. not to trust yourself. Um, you start to second guess yourself, right? And it it harms you. It harms what you're building. I would prefer people to move quickly and to make some mistakes rather than not to move at all. And that's what ends up happening if, you know, if you don't take some chances with yourself. So I hope people dig in there, trust themselves a little bit and see what happens. As long as it's reversible, as long as it's not permanent and does forever damage, I think that you'll be fine.
0: Awesome. So uh, that's a great framework to even think about because uh, you put like the rationality to what people often think very irrational to go by the gut. And I like how simple it is in terms of just like thinking how reversible it is and also like going by uh, whether it has high or low stakes. Kind of reminds me of um, Jeff Bissau's one way, two way door kind of a solution where you just see that like, is it, is it okay? And like, does this have repercussions? If not, then let me just go into it and experience and See what it brings forth to me, and if it has repercussions, sit back and think. So um, it's kind of very handy and like easy to follow. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Julie. Very
1: very easy to follow, but I think you know, like I guess in theory, but you know when you have to do <laughs> it in practice, it can really you know kind of tap into how brave are you and and how are you going to like you have this instinct. the The thing about it is, if you trust your gut and if you trust your instinct and you start to move on it and things work. You just Mm -hmm. gain confidence because you start to say that, like, I have good instincts here. I understand, you know, that I see things in the market. I see things uh, for potential that other people either don't see or that I do particularly well. Mm -hmm. And the more that you're able to kind of take those risks and they work out the more confidence you gain, the more risks you take. And that's why oftentimes when you see founders that have gotten, you know, to far- fairly successful stages, they seem like mm-hmm. sometimes they have a fairly big ego, but in truth, they trust themselves very deeply because it's how they build yeah. the company that got to a certain point. Um, so it, you know, it, it, sometimes it is a bit of the, um, it, it does play into, you know, who people become, um, mm-hmm but i'm I'm a big fan of of people trusting their gut, and it starts early on,
0: yeah. And yes, very much agree with that because it kind of shapes the kind of person you would behave, not just with yourself but also with the folks around, because if you just see yourself as being right most of the times if if that can like be worked up for the good, then great. But if that can mm-hmm. like make you a bit cocky and sort of like just, oh, <laughs> and, oh well, you know, like I know everything over here, and and and, and give you that kind of a mindset, I think uh, that's that's just going to like drag you towards a very different path. So um, True. you know, that's that's actually what I wanted to dig more deep on. Um, uh, in, in in terms of founders need to be confident, yes, but that could yeah. also be like how you put through the ego point of it so um, let's say on an everyday basis you pitch to different people like you pitch to investors you pitch to customers you kind of want them to join you in your journey and you need various degrees of confidence and like various degrees of uh, believing in yourself and also like making other people believe in you so how to effectively play this confidence game without being too copy or like without being too overconfident about uh, your own success?
1: No, that's a great question. So I think that there is a big difference between confidence and arrogance. I think that sometimes we confuse the two, uh, but I do think that you, you have to be confident to be able to move forward in the path that you want to take. Uh, but all of the examples you gave, you know, with investors, with employees, et cetera, you have to also have this real, realization that you need other people to succeed. So, if you are pushing them away, if you know everything, uh, why are you hiring people? Why do you need investors? You know, you need these people on your team. You need to build a team. And to do that, I mean, they want to have someone who's confident, but somebody who is arrogant is not open. So, Mm. you have to have an openness to feedback, um, feedback from investors. Sometimes I'll hear people who say, Oh, you know, I met with 10 different uh, venture firms and they all told me that you know, I am unfocused, but I know best. Well, if 10 firms have told you that you're unfocused and you want some money to build something, I would listen to that consistent feedback. Um, So you do, I think in being confident about what you want to do, there also has to be a side of you that understands that you need other people to build the thing you want to build. And because of that, you know, especially as you go, you're going to hire someone for marketing. You're going to hire someone for sales. You cannot be the best at everything. You may be the best at leading. You may be the best at your, you know, knowing the vision. You may have the best um, idea of the products that you want, but you will not be the best across the board. And the quicker you realize that, and the the Mm. more you will appreciate the people in those roles, and the more successful you will end up being because you understand what you're uniquely good at. And what other people are uniquely good at and you have the openness to be able to allow their expertise to inform how the company moves i think that and and that's really where you get very uh very kind of fast growth i have no problem with confidence i think arrogance ends up shutting people out and shutting people down and turning people off and so you'll just end up shooting yourself in the foot with that one
0: yes very apt examples brought as well and uh, this, this kind of reminds me how, um, you know, you do uh, hold on to a certain opinion or you hold on to a certain thought, but have yeah. this loose thread of uh, uh, spaces around it. So you can just like incorporate other people's feedback into it. You just grow better only when like you bring into conjunction a lot of what others also bring to the table. And uh, yeah. this this is where I guess like the ego also plays through where you're like, oh, well, like it's, it's not some, something that I didn't know of or just like. You said cutting people off, saying that, you know, you're just kind of repeating the same thing that I said, but not uh, often like just judging that from the lens of what you already know, but, but just not looking at it from what they bring and like what newness that you can get from that. So uh, I think, yes, it's it's just very important that you incorporate people, and you just don't like push them off, but just bring them onto the same radar that you are. So there's like more synergy and there's m- more things that you can do together.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, as a founder, a really good uh, way of thinking about it sometimes is that if other people are giving you suggestions and it's always your way and it's never, you know, like you you have these experts around you, but you're never listening to them, that's a problem, right? Like, why are you hiring them? If you want people just to run tasks, you don't need yeah. experts. Um, but, you know, you have these people who have committed, you know, their own careers to helping build this company that you're doing. There has to be a level both of appreciation, but also of using their scale so that you're kind of multiplying impact and you're kind of multiplying uh, the the quickness and pace in which your company can mm-hmm. go. If you are doing everything and making every decision, um, you will move a lot slower. So yeah. it's, you know, you're, again, it's just, it, it will become a stumbling block for yourself. So yeah. you, you know, kind of want to make sure that you're keeping that in check.
0: Yes. Well said. And just going back to what we started this whole conversation with, which is like you help people stop themselves from getting in their own way. And I think we just like trying to get to the same point, which is like, don't, don't just impede yourselves because you're just shutting other people off from helping you uh, take the journey that right. you want to go towards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. Funny how like just comes back to that thought and like one <laughs> more <all> super struggle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. So here's, like, we've just come to the last question. I just can't imagine, like, we just discussed so many things across and here am I asking you the last question for the conversation. Setting goals versus meeting, because we are just up into a new year, 2023 is just ticked in. And uh, there are, like, people who just want to plan a lot of things, have a lot of goals to achieve. So how do you say somebody should look at it more from the ROI that they want to achieve from this year? So how should they regard it as things? What should they say no to? And how do they get the best roi do I offer for this year?
1: All right. So this is, I'm going to give your listeners a really, uh, a, an easy tip that they can use to make an adjustment. A lot of times what I hear from people is that they'll say, okay, we want to double our revenue or we want to get, mm-hmm. um, you know, we want to reach a seven figure revenue number or whatever it happens to be. What I'll ask you to do is to make your goals, um, hyper-specific. And what I mean by that, I'll give you a really small example. If you say, oh, we want to double our revenue next year. Yeah. Okay. If if somebody out there is thinking about that, that sounds really good. But if I said, hey, I want to have a $9 million revenue next year, already you think, okay, well, how do I piece that together? What contracts do I need? What clients do I need, et cetera? Yeah. Um, you start to think in different ways. So instead yeah. of just saying something vague, make your goals very, very hyper-specific because you'll start strategizing differently and it sets your Mm. mind tracking differently. Um, Mm. So that's the way in which I would uh, kind of think about your goals. I would make them hyper-specific and I would also have kind of this North Star. So what I mean by that is one thing that matters most that everyone else can kind of get behind and that you can get behind as well. So if it's that revenue number, every department in uh, in your startup could be thinking about that, like, How does product help to reach that number? Oh, maybe it's around how many people they convert. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Mm -hmm. Um, So having some really great metrics for yourself personally, um, I think that it's really important also to have some really specific things that you think about. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you talk about not pursuing other things and how to say no effectively, one of the things that I think about is you, you, you consider what your goals are and you filter everything else through that. So if you said, Hey, you know, my primary goal this year is I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to hit that 9 million revenue number and all these opportunities come your way or all these ideas come your way. Is it going to help you hit that number? If it's not say no, you know, like, and so it becomes very, very easy. I also think you have to know what your priorities are as a person, right? Um, for most people, If you're building a startup or you're a founder, you don't have time for a lot of hobbies. I mean, you have time for your, you have time for your self-care. Hopefully you're getting good sleep. That is probably one of the most important things you could be doing. It affects decision-making and other things. If you have any relationships or a family, you should be spending some time with them, probably very little, but still you want to spend time with them. And then, you know, obviously you're spending time with your company. So really knowing your priorities, knowing your goals, and then filtering everything else around it. Is it going to give you what you need, this opportunity? If the answer is no, it could be really fantastic, but if it's not helping you reach your goals or, mm. or kind of meeting one of your priorities, it, it has you have to ruthlessly kind of cut and say no about that.
0: Yeah, that part itself was very specific in, in terms of like just sticking to like three steps, which is go go deep into that very, uh, you know, specific point, you want to go with your goal. And often I think that's why most of us end up making the the larger picture there. Like just say that, yeah, I just want to like uh, uh, close this deal. Or I just want to get this in, in revenue number, like just put forth, but don't go very uh, deep into what of that you want to achieve. So that like gets your lens more closer when you get specific. So that, and like for me, the second thing that you mentioned, like bringing people uh, onto the journey, for me, it was also about when you have the certain outlook into achieving that revenue, it's also like how do you translate that in the language that somebody who joins you also gets this idea about, okay, so this person's working towards it. So this is how it helps me as well. So like that could get translated in, in, in a slightly different way. So let's say your marketing head or your PM or anybody who's joining you, but they are also in it with you because they look at it from a slightly different lens, but they also like join you because they aren't committed to the same journey as one. So I guess, yes, like getting this more specific. is
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, like this is why when I have, you know, like there are frameworks to make sure that you function more effectively. And, you know, you had talked about, you know, we'd mentioned briefly that I do writing in a newsletter. So when people, if people want, accessibility in those types of frameworks. I mean that is what this newsletter is really all about. Um, uh, so you know it's the ultra successful newsletter on Substack. I'm going to plug it. Uh, if you want to um, if you want to subscribe, I hope that you get a lot of value from it and we have more of these kinds of conversations just from experience in startups, experience with some of the some of the most successful founders out there. And hopefully it it gives um, scale and opportunity to kind of gain some of those impacts behind the curtain so you can use them for your own businesses as well.
0: Definitely. And I'm just gonna put that newsletter link in, in the show description and ensure that everybody gets to like subscribe to it. So yeah, thank you for adding that in. Yes, yeah, we just discussed a lot of things under the roof like from getting specific goals to um, navigating through a lot of these infusions and trying to you know clarify your own thoughts. We, comfortable in your own skin i guess it's just a lot of stories and, and a lot of good people's examples that we've got with so thank you so much julie for being here and for sharing some of your experiences the ones that you go through with your clients as well and like getting it out to the audience here so yes really really appreciate that thank you thank thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun
1: and um and i hope that you know your audience really appreciates the um the the amount of thought and effort that you put into really finding uh, the questions that are relevant to people out there today. I think that we've discussed in, you know, 40, 50 minutes, uh, probably more insights than I've had on on many interviews that I've had. So I truly appreciate um, the depth and the way that you consider the people out there. I hope they appreciate you. So have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I wish all of your audience great success.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, wishing you the same success back as well. Have a great year ahead. Thanks to you.